We're continuing with our unit, Jesus Changes Everything. Have Jesus been changing everything in your life? Yes. Have you been seeing those changes that Jesus was making uh, since we started this, this series? Yes. Good. Okay. Jesus calls. We saw that in session one. Yes. And we saw that following Jesus is a life-changing adventure. And if we weren't in that adventure, we were invited to join, right? And then in session two, we saw Jesus teaches. Yes. The point being, obeying Jesus' teachings leads to a, or leads to fruitful living. And we know how, how miserable life can be if we are going through life and can't get anything done, right? Oh, yeah. We prefer a fruitful, productive life, and that's what Jesus' uh, teaching does for us. And then session three, we saw Jesus rules. Uh, the point being that uh, you can trust Jesus in the storm, regardless of whatever storm you're going through, whether it's an atmospheric storm or a financial storm or an emotional storm, you can trust Jesus to go through any storm, and he'll take care of you. And then session four, we saw that Jesus saves. Isn't that good to know? Yes. <laughs> and uh, we saw that Jesus was born to bring us into a relationship with God. Not a religion, but a relationship. And uh, we are mindful that many people have a religion today, and it will be a rude awakening for them uh, one day if they don't change, when they realize that their religion does nothing for them. It's really a relationship that does everything. And then we saw in session five last week, Jesus heals. And the point being that Jesus brings healing to our lives. And whatever healing is necessary, uh, Jesus is able to bring that healing according to his will. Uh, because sometimes it's not always God's will to heal. God has a plan uh, that must must go through to fruition if that healing is to take place. Uh, and so it's not always uh, God's will that people be healed as we would desire to be healed. Now. Okay, we are looking today at what? Jesus, Jesus provides. provides. Boy, isn't that good to know? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. He provides. He provides and he Yes. So after healing uh, Jairus' daughter, Jesus continued his ministry in the region of Galilee. Jesus received a disappointing reception in his own hometown of Nazareth, which, after which he sent his disciples out on their first mission adventure without him. And we see that in, in, in uh, Mark chapter 6. Upon their return, in an effort to get away from the crowds for some much-needed rest, Jesus and his disciples headed for a secluded spot. But things didn't go quite as expected. And with Jesus, that is often the case, right? Yes. Uh, because when people see what he's capable of doing, they're still going to follow him. Okay, our question. What was something provided for you as a child that you didn't appreciate at the time? Guidance. Guidance, okay. All of your bills were paid and you didn't even know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of your bills were paid and you don't, you don't think about it. You know? Advice. 
I think all children think that. Yes. You know, they don't know how the light bill is paid and the water bill is paid and, and everything else is paid and they go and they waste the water and they leave the lights on. And that you have to pay them yourself. Yeah. Cutting off everything. Yeah, I think that one is for everybody. Yes. Something provided as a child that you didn't really appreciate. Um, I know a brother who uh, I worked with when we were away with some Freeport. And uh, he and his family had moved to, to the States, uh, and uh, he had twin boys, and those boys were terror. I mean, <laughs> Justin and Jamie, uh, their names were synonymous with trouble. <laughs> and they, they would always get, and, and he, he would always say when he got in trouble, it's, it's, he was raised by his father, he was, he, was raised, he was raised by his grandmother, right? And every time his boys uh, got in trouble, he would hang his head and say, boy, I see what my grandmother used to go through with me. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh, you know, and, uh, and so he appreciated uh, what his grandmother went through uh, that he probably didn't appreciate as a boy. Okay, let's look at um, Bible meets life. Operation Christmas Child is an event in which individuals pack shoeboxes, toys, and gifts for children. In 2016, more than 11 million boxes went to kids all over the world. I have a friend who delivers these boxes to children. On one occasion, he was delivering to a crowd of children in Bosnia. The children had no way of knowing what was inside their boxes, opening them with joy to find coloring books, yo-yos, dolls, and more. My friend noticed a young boy off in a corner and asked one of the other workers about him. He's blind, the workers replied. My friend was apprehensive as he approached the boy with a box because he didn't want this child, this blind child, to receive a coloring book and crayons. When the boy opened his box and felt the contents inside, my friend was stunned into silence. The boy pulled out a portable CD player, the perfect gift for a child who can't see. Throughout his life and ministry, Jesus shows us that God knows exactly what we need and that he provides. Amen. Amen. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Why? You too. So what's the point? Jesus cares and meets the needs in our lives. Okay, Jesus cares. Yes. And because he cares, he does something about it, right? Every need. He meets all of our needs. Yes, he does. Okay, uh, let's then look at the first paragraph we have. First pa um, scripture passage, uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 34 to 37. When he went ashore... He saw a large crowd and had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples approached him and said, This place is deserted, and it is already late. Send them away so that they can go into the surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat. You give them something to eat, he responded. They said to him, Should we go and buy 200 denarii? worth of bread and give them something to eat? Working in ministry can be unbelievably exhausting. R. Kent Hughes highlighted the demanding life of ministry with a poem. 
Mary had a little lamb. T'was given her to keep. But then it joined the local church and died for lack of sleep. The disciples surely were feeling like that lamb at this point in the Gospel of Mark. Why? They'd been out among the people where they drove out many demons, anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Mark 6 and 13. Someone find 17 to 29. No, it's there. That's the word. It's, it's quoted right there. No, no, they were mourning the death of their friend and forerunner to the Messiah, John the Baptist. See verses 17 to 29. That's what I'm saying. We, we can look at that verse. Yeah. I'll tell us what to go ahead with that. Okay. Someone has Mark 17 to 29. Mark 6, 17 to 29. For Herod himself had set out, had set out and had John arrested and bound in prison. That's the verse? Mark seven, Mark 6, 17 to 29. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. You got it? Yeah, bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, because he had married her. But John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted him put to death and could not do so. For Herod was afraid of John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. And when he heard him, he was very perplexed, but he used to enjoy listening to him. A strategic day came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his lords and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. And when the daughter of Herodias herself came in and came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guest. And the king said to the girl, "Ask me whatever you want, and I will give it to you." And he swore to her, "Whatever you ask me, I will give it to you up to half of my kingdom." And she went out and said to her mother, "What shall I ask for?" She said, "The head of John the Baptist." Immediately she came in in a hurry to the king and I saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And although the king was very sorry, yet because of his oaths and because of his dinner guests, he was unwilling to refuse her. Immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded him to bring back his head. He went and had him beheaded in prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl and the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about this, they came and took away his body and laid it in a tomb. Okay. Jesus' popularity was at an all-time high, which meant the encroaching crowds were constantly swarming, constantly pressing in with more and more needs. Realizing they were becoming exhausted, Jesus proposed a, Jesus proposed a break. Come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. It must have felt like the most welcome command to their weary bodies. Sometimes, permission to simply stop and rest feels like an inexpressible gift. The goal was to cross the lake and rest. This was just a few miles by water, but much further by land. Yet the people ran that distance and were there to meet Jesus when he landed. Have you ever had days like that? It's been a long day or a week. And all you want to do is come home so you can get rest and relax. Last night. 
<laughs> Instead, you're greeted with a mountain of problems and obstacles to overcome as soon as you pull into the driveway. So it was with the disciples. They needed rest and refreshment, a need Jesus acknowledged. But even more people with more needs were waiting for them when they got to where they were going. Here's a truth. Jesus is, Jesus is in the business of helping desperate people. He knows what our souls need. He understands how to give us the replenishment that will truly satisfy us. He was about to prove this to both the hungry crowd and the stunned disciples. Rather than being frustrated because he and the apostles weren't greeted with solitude, Jesus saw a large crowd and had compassion on them. This was a common theme with Jesus. The Gospel of Matthew records a similar moment. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 9, 36. When Jesus looked out on those crowds, he saw more than their need for physical food. He saw their inward spiritual condition. They were following Jesus around because they wanted something. He had, even if they couldn't explain what, what that something was. These people were even willing to run all the way around a lake to follow him and hear what he had to say. Jesus sees us the same way. He knows what we need and has compassion when he sees us trying to fill our needs in other ways and places. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, Luke 19 and 10, not to beat us over the head for getting lost in the first place. He knows all the ways we've been broken and he desires to provide for us and make us whole again. Okay, notice the third paragraph there. It says, here's the truth. Jesus is in the business of helping desperate people. Who do you know that's des desperate? What happens, what happens to desperate people? Choices. Right, exactly. Desperate people do desperate things, and most of the times it's the wrong things. All right, but Jesus is the one that we can go to when we are in a desperate situation because he knows exactly how to help us. He knows what our souls need. Okay, no one knows the souls like Jesus does. He understands how to give us the replenishment that will truly satisfy us. How many times have we found ourselves in a situation where we thought, this is the replenishment that I need? And after you did it, you realize, no, that wasn't it. What is it? Okay, we found ourselves there many times, right? Yes. He was able to prove this to both the hungry crowd and the stunned disciples. So Jesus knows how to, how to help desperate people. Uh, we need to remember that because sometimes we get so desperate, we forget about Jesus. Okay, we start thinking about it. I wonder what uh, brother so-and-so did when he had this situation. Or what sister so-and-so did when she... Let me call sister so-and-so and find out what she did when she got, was in this situation. And we totally forget about Jesus. And Jesus is standing in the sideways and he's saying, he's whispering to us, what about me? What about me? And we totally ignore him. We don't hear him. Okay, desperate people do desperate things. Yes. When we're desperate, we need to call on Jesus because he is in the business. You know what it means to be in business or something? Yeah. It means that that is all that you do. That's what you're in business for. Okay, and Jesus is in the business for of uh, helping desperate people. Question number two. 
Where do you see evidence of God's compassion in the world today? Disasters. Disasters, okay. Evidence of God's compassion. Where else do we see evidence of God's compassion? Like you were saying about those boys in the cave, they were able to be somewhere they could be having air, although they're sort of underground. That's okay. like underground water thing, so that mm -hmm. they were able to find a little place to be, to have oxygen and stuff, mm -hmm. and not drown right away or something. Well, you find that God is always has compassion on the young children yes. in particular, because they're always defenseless. Yes. yes. The elderly, okay, and we see that a lot in the book of Proverbs, right? Uh, where the Bible tells us that God is uh, uh, favors those who are uh, unable to help themselves. Okay, where else do we see God's compassion in the world today? Anywhere else? Refugee camps. Refugee camps, okay. What about the, the immigration problem that's going on in the U.S. today? Where do we see God's compassion in that? Uh, those people who are coming across the border, do we see God's compassion in that in any way, shape or form? Yes. The parents who are separated from the children? Do we see, do we see any evidence of God's compassion there? Other people are voicing their opinions and they're having protests. Okay, people are standing up standing and coming up, forward. Right. Okay. All right. Question number three then. Mm -hmm. What distractions may hinder us from recognizing ministry opportunities? Don't have time. Okay. Time. Can't find the time. Okay. Busy schedule. Work schedules. Being self absorbed. Being self-absorbed, okay, we don't think about nobody else, we just think about our own little world. Fair. Fair, okay. Okay, well, what about uh, bad experiences of others that you have heard of? Okay, that's another one, isn't it? You know, someone tell you about a bad experience they had and, and uh, because of their experience, you say, well, you've got a standoffish attitude. Prosecution. Persecution, okay. All right, as we move to verses 38 to 44, we will see more than a famous miracle performed by Jesus. We'll see a clear picture of Jesus's provision, of how Jesus provides. So let's look at uh, verses 38 to 44. He asked them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. When they followed, they said, five and two fish. Then he instructed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. He took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke the loaves. He kept giving them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. Everyone ate and was satisfied. They picked up twelve baskets full of pieces of bread and fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were five thousand men. As a father of two children, my job is to provide for them in two ways, physically and spiritually. In the same way, Jesus modeled the right way to provide for people on the shore of that lake. Those in the crowd were hungry to learn from Jesus, so he fed them spiritually. He began to teach them many things. 6 verse 34. 
But the people were also just plain hungry. So Jesus provided that. Jesus provided for them physically as well. Sometimes it's easy to think spiritual things are all that matter. But God created us as whole beings, spirit, soul, and body. Physical needs are important too. As the Apostle James wrote, if a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? James 2, 15 to 16. Okay, next page. The disciples noticed the physical needs of the crowd, but their solution was purely practical. Send them away so they can buy dinner. Thousands of people were in the crowd, 5,000 men alone. So their solution seemed far more reasonable than what Jesus said. You give them something to eat, verse 37. Jesus was calling his disciples to do the impossible. After all, it would take 200 days worth of wages. See Matthew 6, verse 37, and Matthew Mark, 20. Mark, Mark, Mark. Mark. Mark 6, verse 37, and Matthew 20 and 2. Someone out of those verses yet? You give them something to eat, he responded. They said to him, should we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? And Matthew 20 and 2. Mm -hmm. I had that one. <laughs> 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 yeah, she had the one you asked. Oh, that was a book. <laughs> Matthew 20 and 2. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. Okay, what is it? Anybody know what a denarii was? Was worth? <laughs> I know. I saw a denarii was uh, was worth one day's wage. So a worker or a laborer working in the fields, uh, a denarii was one day's wage. So two hundred denarii was worth was really about eight months worth of work. Wow. It was a pay for eight months. Wow. And so what Jesus, what disciples, you want us to take, you want us to find eight months worth of pay and go and find some money to feed these people? Is what they were asking. And, uh, you know, Jesus said, they said, well, these people need to, Jesus said, you feed them. My Bible here says about $32. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Haiti, Haiti, yeah. Haiti, 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 to purchase enough food to feed such a large number. Yet these 12 disciples had abandoned their jobs to follow Jesus and had no wages. The best the disciples could come up with were two, two dried, salted fish and five loaves of barley bread. But what they called loaves were more the size of dinner rolls today. That was it. Not nearly enough to get the job done. Of course, Jesus is always enough to get the job done. Jesus blessed and broke the loaves, and then he distributed them, and then he dis distributed the food among the people, and it never ran out. Everyone ate and was satisfied. Surely this miracle had an impact on the thousands gathered there, but the greatest beneficiaries should have been the 12 disciples. After all, Jesus led the disciples to that spot for rest. 
Jesus asked the disciples to help feed the people. The disciples saw every aspect of the miracle unfold. The disciples picked up 12 baskets of scraps, one for each of them. Unfortunately, they missed it. Right after this event, the disciples were again crossing the lake where they were caught in a terrible <laughs> storm. The same storm in which Jesus walked on water to save them. At this, the disciples were completely astounded because they had not understood about the loaves. Mark 6, 51-52 Today, don't miss the truth that Jesus is sufficient for you. Wherever Jesus has brought you, he will sustain you. For he is the only one who is able to fully provide for you physically and spiritually. Okay, we got that last point there? Yes. Okay, don't make the mistake mm -hmm. that the disciples made and missed the point yeah. that Jesus is all you need. need. It's not Jesus plus this or Jesus plus that. that. Jesus is sufficient for us and all that we need. He says, wherever Jesus has brought you, mm -hmm. he, was he will sustain you. Amen. A lot of people don't believe that. You know? Okay, if Jesus has brought you to this point in your life mm -hmm. and you run into problems, you need to go back and think, well, if God brought me here or he allowed me to get here, Mind him up his word. he's going to take care of me. That's right. Okay. He is the only one who is able to partially provide for you. Fully, fully, fully. Fully, right? But sometimes we believe it's only partial. That's our belief. That's in our mind. But it says he's fully able to provide for us. Yes. Both physically and, and spiritually. And mentally. Have you seen a WhatsApp thing around when you kids, six or seven? You know, preaching about Jesus and you know they're living their lives, they interview them and everything. He said, What advice would you give for kids? You're right. He said, Just call on Jesus. Mm. You know, oh, yeah, so yeah. yeah. No, I've been saying that one. And that yeah. age, two little yeah. girls yeah. are taking yeah. one of them. Oh, okay. No, I haven't oh, seen yeah. that. So, what advice? Yeah. So, so, they just need Jesus. That's right. I don't want to shove it down there for everything. I'll just talk to them. Out of the mouth of babes. Yes. That's right. Miracles. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. one will say something, then the other will say Jesus. Jesus. Yes. Mm -hmm. She'll ask another question, says Jesus. That's all you need. That's right. Okay. Six or seven, I believe. All right. Yeah. Yeah. They learned their lesson. Yes. <laughs> okay, the activity. Uh, Starry did it. What does Starry have? <laughs> okay. It says if time permits, our time is really gone. But we're gonna do it. We get this. It's now ten thirty. We should be breaking now. But let's look at it and uh, see what uh, if anybody have anything on that. Use the space below to create something that represents rest for you. The kind of rest that is both satisfying and energizing. Mm -hmm. You can draw a picture, write a list, tell of a brief story, or do anything else that represents true life-giving rest. Anybody? Doing my Sunday school lesson. All right. <laughs> I buy a rest in that. <laughs> okay. Anybody else? Listening to gospel music. Listening to gospel music. Uh -huh. All right. Anyone else? A walk on the beach. Is yes. Very Walking on the beach. Okay. And of course, my favorite, sleeping. <laughs> That's not an activity. <laughs> it's her activity. That's your activity. 
All right. Anybody else? Listening to God's word. Okay. Okay. What steps can you take to bring Jesus into your moments of rest each week? Set a time aside. Prayer. Hmm? Prayer. Prayer? Okay, set, set a time aside. Make an appointment with Jesus. Listening to his still voice. Listening. Music. Okay. Relaxing music. Okay. What Billy Sunday says. Yeah. The fellow that has no money is poor. <laughs> the fellow that has nothing but money is poor still. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number four. What do we balance, how? or how do we balance the importance of meeting physical needs and spiritual needs? May I ask them, what could you do to help? Mm-hmm. Okay. Putting God first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Praying about it. Yeah. Praying about it. Okay. Okay. Question five. Time. Time. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, Five. Five. A couple of points from the last paragraph. A uh, couple of highlights. Uh, Jesus was calling his disciples to do the impossible. After all, it would take 200 days. 200 days worth of wages to purchase enough food for each to feed such a large number. Yet these 12 disciples had abandoned their jobs to follow Jesus and had no wages. Okay, so what wages could have done, they couldn't do because they had no wages. And then the second point, surely this miracle had an impact on the thousands gathered there but the greatest beneficiaries should have been the 12 disciples. And we saw the bullet points that shows why they should have been the greatest beneficiaries. Today, again, third, uh, repeat, today, don't miss the truth that Jesus is sufficient for you. Yeah. Okay, valuable truth. If you miss anything else in the class today, take this with you. Yes. Wherever Jesus has brought you, he, he will sustain, sustain you. you. For he is the only one who is able to fully provide for you physically, and spiritually. And then finally, question five. Where do we have opportunities to participate in God's provision for us? Okay, name some of those opportunities. Ministries. Ministries like? Singing in the choir. Singing in the choir, okay. I know I help with the decorations. Decorations. Ushers. Ushers. Sunday school teachers. Sunday school teachers. Operation, Operation in as much. Uh-huh. Okay. Helping hands. Helping hands. hands. Cross trainers. Friends for true love. Yes. Sunday school teachers. Junior, junior church teachers. teachers. We need some of those. Yes. We need some junior church Nursery teachers. Security. Security. Nursery helpers. Security. Mm-hmm. Okay, all of those are uh, opportunities. In our communities. Uh, Charities. Hmm? Prayer meeting tomorrow. meeting tomorrow evening, right? Six thirty to seven thirty. Obviously, everybody has that. Yes. Yes. Everybody should try to come out. Yeah, make it a point to come out so that we can leave the choir room and go into sanctuary because the numbers are much greater. Yeah. All right. So let's do that. The point again. Jesus cares and meets the needs in our lives. Okay, and he meets those needs because he cares. Yes. Okay, let's look at how we can flesh this out. Okay. 
Okay, how will you put your trust in Jesus' care for provision this week? Consider the following suggestions. Communicate. Take five minutes to thank God for bringing you as far as he has, for giving you what he's given you, and for doing what he's done so that you can have a relationship with him. Okay, so pause, reflect, and communicate. Count. Make a list of the ways you have seen God provide for you in the past. Then make a list of things you need him to provide now. Mm. Pray over both lists yes. each day this week. And then finally, care. Be a channel of God's care and provision in the life of someone else. Find one person with big needs this week and help that person out of love for Christ mm-hmm. and because of the way he has provided for you. Oh in other words, share the blessing. Wow. I like that one. Okay? <laughs> Don't just take the blessing and say, oh, thank you, Lord, I really needed this. So says, thank you, Lord. Now, who can I share this with? Mm-hmm. Who really has a need? God, in his omniscience, will tell you who to go to. Amen. Okay, we receive... We receive all, we re- we've all received gifts in our lives. Yes. Some of us have received gifts that were especially meaningful or transformational. All of us have the chance to receive the life-giving, life-changing gift of a relationship with Jesus. The only one who can truly meet our needs. Amen. Okay, so we need to share that with others. Amen.